Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Good morning. This is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. Oh, rare morning record for yeah. the wonderful gang doing this one. Coming in hot, Rachel was producing some sounds and fluids. Do you want to talk about the sounds and fluids? My voice is better this week. It's better. Uh, I still have a cough that really sneaks up on me. The sound, I'll just say this, the sound and timbre have improved a great deal. Oh, okay. The fluids. Yeah. Have been better. Yeah. I would say. It gets worse as the day goes on. So last night when we typically would record, I opted to wait it out. Rachel has in her contract, her wonderful contract that we wrote for each other. Yes, yes, yes. It's one of our many contracts, folks. We have the wonderful contract. We have the... The one around the dishes. The dishes contract. We have the... (laughs) Let's just say the... The bathroom. The bathroom contract. Ooh, that could be anything. In the context of what I was talking about, there's no bathroom contract. Well, in that you need a certain percentage of time. I need a certain percentage of time in the in the the bathroom contract. Basically, says there can't be a bathroom contract because of how sort of unpredictable a system Mm -hmm. I am working Mm -hmm. with. But anyway, Rachel has a sort of like, you know, escape clause and she took it last night. Last night she last night she walked out in the live audience. We had to refund all their. Have we ever talked about how there's a live audience every time we record? We haven't because they're so quiet. They really don't enjoy our craft, huh? No, it seems strange that we keep bringing them in. Yeah, we keep bringing them in and they keep looking really not disappointed, just neutral. They're like, there's no format to this show. Yeah. You're just reading information you found on Wikipedia. Well, why don't you go back to talking about Bachelor? Like all that <laughs> jazz. Yeah. But anyway, I'm feeling it. The okay. sun's out, kind of. That's yeah. not true. It's super cloudy. And My guns are out. Rachel's guns are out. She is wearing it. It is November, and Rachel is wearing a tank top. The guns are out and they're shining. They're polished. What do you bench now? What are you up to? Oh, like two. What? Yeah. Two. Started at one. Yeah. Up to two. Now you're here. Doubled. Got any small wonders? I do. You want to go ahead and take it? I feel like we both will, were wanting to bring the same small wonder. Unless I don't think it that's ends. true at all. Oh, shoot. Okay. I literally just thought of mine when I sat down in this chair. Okay. Drawstrings. Ah, see, I was going to say drawstrings. <laughs> Our son has a very uh, narrow waist. Yep. He's very tall, so he needs the size appropriate for his age but his waist is very small right uh little in the middle but and he doesn't even have much back <laughs> and so a drawstring that is actually functional is very useful yes but a lot of times they make decorative drawstrings and i just what is even the point what's the point of that yeah. you've just given you've just given the pants a mustache at that point <laughs> yeah and it's 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 meaningless what's your small wonder uh, I mean, I was going to talk about the Queer Eye in Japan oh. uh, miniseries on Netflix. It's, it gets extremely good. I did yeah. not get that Queer Eye Terrace House crossover that I was so I know, deeply we hoping for. for. Oh, my God. it would It's Netflix, you think? You would think mm. that they would get that done for you. Uh, I had something else. Oh, Cara Cara Bonito. I'm going to see them in concert tonight. They're yeah. great. They're a fantastic band that um, you should go listen to. Uh, Augustus from the use for theme song Money Won't Pay uh, with Bowen uh, is is in that band. Gus is in that band. And uh, I'm going to see him tonight at uh, Mohawk. Very excited to go to that concert by myself, like a cool concert goer. Yeah. I'm thinking about wearing sunglasses and smoking a big cigar and just kind of oh, like standing in the corner. Okay. Yeah, because then I'll have some mystique and I won't just be lonely concert goer. What do you think about that? I think you would have 
draw a little more attention to yourself. I think you're probably way. right. Mm-hmm. I should probably just cloak it mm-hmm. completely. Hey, I go first this week. Okay. My first thing, and we've been we've been flirting with this for a long time. We've been dancing around it for a bit, but uh, let's let's really get into it. I want to talk about Bon Appetit. I want to talk about Bon Appetit specifically. I guess I'm not a subscriber to the magazine, so I guess I want to talk about Bon Appetit's YouTube video presence in general. Uh, the personalities on this squad are are incredible. So powerful, very powerful, and that's what I want to talk about. I'm getting a like an entertainment center delivered today, and I don't know how that's going to happen. So I just saw a truck pull up, and if I see a f- person like struggling to carry an enormous furniture box down our stairs, then we may need to pause the recording. But anyway, bon appetit. I uh, it's been delighting me for months now. I was like trying to think of things to talk about. And I was like, oh, how about this thing that like we watch all the time? Yes. Uh, there was, I think, a natural evolution to how we got here. And like the first part was like we watched those short form tasty videos uh, on Facebook and be like, oh, here's 50,000 yeah. ways to make chicken sliders. But there's no there's literally no personality in those. No. Like, typically, it's just hands. It's ha- I learned that there's a name for that genre because oh. that's actually what Bon Appetit started uh, doing video content with back in 2012 after like the tasty stuff started to pop off uh it's called hands and pans i like that very very much uh so yeah we kind of moved on to more long form content rachel and i like to wind down with a nice like you know kawami japan half hour long making a knife out of tofu video or some Baumgartner art restoration uh and and bon appetit i feel like is like the one we look forward to the most partially because like it's more practical than the other things we watch like it's food which we could ostensibly make uh and it's got that deep like primordial soul satisfaction of looking at tasty food uh which is like you know the only reason i watched the food channel that's not true there were a lot of good personalities on food channel also uh but the personalities on bon appetit oh man uh so anyway the magazine's been in publication since 1956 and it has always sort of had this slightly like highfalutin brand like it's always been very upscale dining fancy yeah i mean the fact that it's like french it's called bon appetit the very name bon appetit then you know that it's you know they're gonna have they're they're not going to be dealing with like here's how to make some rustic mac and cheese or something like that yeah or here's how to make a burger that's actually seven burgers on top of each other right that's more the tasty ml but in 2012 they're like well hold up we do actually want that tasty money and so they started to make these these hands and pans videos um but nobody really i feel like i certainly didn't like you know pay attention to them and these efforts uh until we started watching like their long form like personality forward stuff the first of which uh was a series that's still going it's called it's alive uh featuring brad leone who uh, or perhaps leone uh who is frequently featured in the series that rachel and i sort of were onboarded with which was gourmet makes uh starring claire saffitz in which uh, Claire, who is just fantastic, just the best, uh, tries to recreate sort of different junk foods. Uh, yeah, you want her to be your best friend. You want her to be your sister. I want her to be my best friend. I want all of them to be my you best You want her friend. to be your neighbor. Brad seems like a handful. You want her to watch your dog when you're out of town. That would be, I'm sure she would do a really good job. Exactly. She would like learn how to make begging strips for the <laughs> dog. Damn, I would watch that episode. Yes. Of making begging strips. Where they bring a bunch of dogs in. Uh, there was a, uh, <laughs> this is such a divergence, but there was a, a blog uh, that I used to really, really like when I was younger. Uh, it was like proto internet blog era called Steve Don't Eat It or something like that. 
in which he would eat food that he shouldn't be eating. And one of them was begging strips. There's a line from that review that has always stood out in my mind. And he said, I expected it to taste like some sort of similar legroom of bacon. What I was not expecting was it for it to taste like the smoky puke of a thousand maniacs. <laughs> That's beautiful. It's so good. But anyway, uh, that that was sort of how we got onto it. Like the she makes gushers. She makes all of it is so fascinating, and there's so much trial and error. But mostly, yeah. it's just like watching Claire, you know, try really hard and sometimes fail and get very frustrated. And we talked about this as a small wonder before, but the idea is that she takes kind of junk food favorites and right. turns them into like a gourmet version that you could make at home. We basically. were watching Takis last night. She was doing Takis. It just like just came out and yeah. it made me realize I've never eaten a Taki and it's like all I've been able to think about since we watched that video is how bad I want to eat a Taki now. I may sneak out today, go to a gas station, get some Takis and have secret Takis without telling yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, what they've accomplished is kind of like the web video dream, partially because like they've made something from nothing kind of uh because these efforts like uh uh it's alive started in october 2016 and that was really like the first series where it's very like humorous and the editing is very like um it's very like uh what was that show blind date on uh like the cw or whatever that had like constant pop-up like uh Mm -hmm. uh, subtitles and stuff like that uh like it's very irreverent and it's very not bon appetit like magazine brand yeah exactly this is a new effort, and it's been, like, super, super successful. I feel like everybody started to watch Gourmet Bakes. And what the what the dream is that they've accomplished is that, like, for us at least, it has brought us into, like, the whole ecosystem of the stuff that they make. Uh, like, we've watched an episode or two of that back-to-back chef show where uh, a woman named Carla Music brings in, like, special guests, and they both cook a meal at the same time, but the special guest can't actually see what Carla's doing. She just I've watched like, that one. It's really, really good. Uh, uh, Claire did a series called Baking School, where we, like, learned how to make a cake, and it was super in-depth and super informative and, and great. The one we've been getting into a lot lately is Chris Morocco. Chris Morocco is this very erudite, tall man who has uh, apparently an incredible palate. He's a super taster. And so they will blindfold him and he will taste foods and then try and recreate them. Uh, and including like Guy Fieri's Garbage Can Nachos. It is a very good series. Obsessed with this dude now. He is so fresh. I, yeah, I am always delighted because a lot of times these people have tremendous skill and they're very knowledgeable. And you think this is going to be inaccessible to me. Um, but they're all so charming and relatable. And they explain things in a very, like, very yes. clear ways. And they're all funny. Like, and that's like the thing that really appeals to me is like you see the BA test kitchen and it's just a big open room. So you see everybody doing everything all the time. And so everybody's in every video essentially. And so there's this cross pollination where like uh, we saw this with, we saw Chris Morocco in the other people's videos and we're like, Hey, he's funny. And so when a new Chris Morocco video opened up, it was like, Oh, let's watch that. Isn't that kind of incredible? It's incredible. And it's also like, that is for you know speaking personally when i was at at polygon like that's kind of the that's kind of what you want if you're going in that sort of personality forward direction and they've accomplished it like really really well which is impressive from a strategic standpoint but it's also impressive from a like i'm jealous and want to work there i know because it seems like the chillest like best most fun place to it's like you kind of wish they did like a disney on ice tour where they would come to your town and make something in front of you it is yes it's like the marvel cinematic universe of of cooking operations and i just love it there's so much there's so much to dig into there and and they are they are just firing on all cylinders so that's bon appetit 
I'm this is mostly me just like checking this box because I feel like we've I, I when I when I started to write notes on this I was like I swear to God we've talked about this before but yeah we just mentioned gourmet makes but we yeah. didn't really talk about the whole franchise which is very worth discussing very worth the oh Chris Morocco makes uh, uh, Jamie Oliver's Insanity Burger throws so much shade at Jamie in the in the making in the process it's so good it's yeah. such a good series what's your first thing my first thing is play doh. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. Well, that, that turned on you quick. It's just we now, our relationship with Play-Doh has changed since we are not mm-hmm. the first hand players with the Play-Doh and we are now the second hand sort of watchers, the second hand sort of, uh, we're Play-Doh police at this point. I know. I know. So it's challenging for me. So Henry is going to be three this month. Uh, and he's just gotten to an age where he can be really creative with his toys. So good. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. So Play-Doh is like, is perfect right. for him because he understands that he can make things, that he can combine colors, which is very stressful That's for me. the part that Rachel, I, I feel like anytime he's like, let's get the Play-Doh out, your reaction and therefore my reaction, <laughs> seeing your reaction is like... Okay, because you know you're going to be hovering and be like, oh, you put the red on the green. That's just going to turn into brown. Yucky. Every color turns the same when you mix them together. I don't know. know. It like defies the laws of like light and physics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I was successful for a while getting out one color at a time, being like, what color should we use today? But then he realized, why not get all the colors? I have to take some blame for this because one day he was really upset that we didn't have orange Play-Doh. So I took some of the red Play-Doh and yellow Play-Doh and mixed it together. And he was like, oh. I saw that happening and I thought, well, it's over for us now. Well, over for you. I don't mind that weird sort of baby poop green brown Here's the question though. What container do you put it back in? This is what's hard for me. I know, babe. I know we need a for you. The answer is a garbage can. Yeah, and we'll get new. We'll get new play doh. We'll I'm so sorry. Play-Doh. And Rachel, well, I have a recipe for play doh at the end of this segment. I've made play doh before. Yeah, me too. But it's been a long time, so it was helpful. for Why me are to we find buying play doh, man? Because of the colors. Yeah, and food coloring. There's like 50 colors now. That's a lot. That's quite a bit. Yeah, like they don't sell 50 food colorings, and I don't want to spend a lot of hours making my own version of chartreuse. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm pretty sure it's just yellow and green, but it's a good point. Uh, let's not get into chartreuse. Okay. Let's not start this again. Okay, yeah, God. On page seven of the contract, we you're agreed right, right. we would not talk about chartreuse anymore. You're right. Uh, do you know the history of Plato? Absolutely not. Why would I know that? That would be a wild thing for me to know. <laughs> well, it's one of those things that was made originally for a different purpose. It was for the war. They would use it to fill in bullet holes. It was like well, a makeshift <laughs> turn. Uh, it was used to clean coal residue from wallpaper. Oh, my God. Okay. What? Yeah. I so, was goofing, but that's not too far off in terms of like weird practicality. At the request of Kroger, they wanted a product that could clean coal off of wallpaper. Joe McVicker... Uh, and Noah McVicker of the Cincinnati-based soap manufacturer put together a pliable putty-like substance. So the, And then they were like, hey, they were peeling coal off of wallpaper, and they're like, you know what? This is kind of fun. This is fun. Yeah, so... What Why I'm, was there so much coal on the wallpaper? What were they doing? When they d- would, you know, use, like, coal stoves in the house, oh, like the smoke and stuff. I was thinking, see, you know me, I'm a coal miner's daughter, so I was thinking, like, just the raw <laughs> shit on it they were like in the mines just like yeah this is and gonna take forever i was thinking coal miners were coming up out of the mines and then just like accidentally bumping into the walls and leaving their like you know their their trails <laughs> behind them 
so what ended up happening was um, Joe McFicker was the brother-in-law of a nursery school teacher who had seen an article about making art projects with putty. And so she persuaded them as the country moved away from coal stoves, for example, right. uh, to use it as a child's toy. Uh, and so she and her husband came up with Play-Doh. Joe and Noah wanted to call it Rainbow Modeling Compound. That's a better <laughs> name. Can, can I say that's a better name? Because guess what, folks? It ain't dough. That- modeling Compound, though, doesn't invite children. That sounds like a business person's Doe toy. Dough invites children to yummy down on this because yeah. it's dough, like cookie dough. You love Well, here's this. the thing. Usually, it, it at least in, initially, it was made with flour, water, salt, borax, and mineral oil. Like, you can almost eat all that stuff. None of that in a small quantity is going gonna, is gonna to hurt you. Borax? It's non-toxic. People are able to eat a little bit of Play-Doh and not hurt themselves. How much Play-Doh would I have to eat to hurt myself? This is a good question. Let's find out. I'll be right back. <laughs> Griffin, don't eat that. A yeah, reprise right. of his favorite show. Uh, so this is this this has been around for a long time. Uh, it was demonstrated at an educational convention in 1956, uh, and then 1957 they started running ads on Captain Kangaroo, Romper Room, and offering it in stores in red, blue, and yellow. That's all the really. That's technically all the mm-hmm. colors you need. Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, now it's available in 50 colors. Um, started with a mascot. Uh, in 1960. Oh, tell me about the Play-Doh mascot. Used to be a pixie. Oh. Before we saw Play-Doh Pete. Oh, wait. So they started with a pixie and they're like, this is tr- Get that out of here. We mm-hmm. got, we now we need Play-Doh. Well, who was, what is Play-Doh Pete? What's he look like? Play-Doh Pete, this, this says so much about our country. So Uh-oh. initially he was a little gentleman, a uh, little kid in a smock and a beret. Okay. In 2002, they replaced that beret with a baseball hat. That's in 2002? <laughs> in 2002. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're telling me that, like, Plato was complicit in, like, Freedom Fries, yep. like, Bush era, post-9-11 bullshit? Yep. Yep. Oh, my God, that sucks. Hashtag bring back the beret, Plato. What well, are you doing? Well, so now, in 2011, they started cr- taking the, the little Plato containers themselves yeah. and turning them into mascots called the Dodos. That's... Uh, this so is those little plastic cups yeah. are now like turned into little cartoon figures themselves. And what's Pete doing? What's Pete supposed to do Pete's with that? Pete's gone. Pete died? I mean, he's working for somebody else now. Dang it. Mm-hmm. Be- Maybe he got a job as like the new Dennis the Menace. Oh, yeah, because Dennis, mm-hmm. Dennis had to resign in disgrace. <laughs> he, went, he went a little really. He went actual menace. He went way too hard on Mr. <laughs> Wilson. Um. The other good thing about Play-Doh. Yeah. That scent. The smell of Play-Doh. Oh, the scent. I thought, okay. I didn't know that that was a whole sentence. Yes, the scent is quite good. (laughs) Uh, The company has trademarked it in 2017, and they describe it as a combination of sweet, slightly musky, vanilla-like fragrance with slight overtones of cherry and the smell of salted wheat-based dough. Eat shit, guys. It's you're not. A, it's not a fancy cabernet. Like it, it is. It is play-doh, y'all. Like stay true to your root. Play-doh's fucking changed, man. They used to be like real. And the boy had a beret, and they were like, "Yeah, man, it's just some dough. We put some borax in it." My wife. Did you ever have? So speaking of how play-doh used to be real, did you ever have one of those play-doh sets when you were a kid? Like they had all the little tools and stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. Did you have that McDonald's one? 
Uh, yeah, where you could make the French fries. You yes, would have like yellow Play-Doh and you push it up. Yeah, and the yeah. hamburger. The quintessential one for me was always the hair salon because that oh, was. Oh, I always wanted that. You cut the little hair out that would grow I, out of the head. I don't think we ever had that, but we had it at like my church, like, uh, you know, uh, Sunday school for little, little, little kids. And I would have a lot of fun there mm-hmm. uh, while learning about Moses or whatever. So, and I'm going to ask you to Google this just so you oh can boy, enjoy okay. this. Okay. In 2014, Play-Doh released a Sweet Shop Mountain playset. Shop Mountain playset. That was a little controversial. Oh, because it, it's the food looks so delicious? No. There's a tool that came with that set. Okay. Let me load it up. That was a little controversial. It was supposed to be a baker's pipette. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's not what that is. <laughs> You want to talk about what you're seeing? It's a, it's a, okay. It's a, it is a syringe yeah. type shape. I imagine that's not why it was controversial. No. It's so dildo-y. Yes. <laughs> it's so hugely dildo-y. It is ribbed for the Play-Doh's pleasure. <laughs> um, this actually, Play-Doh came out and offered uh, a replacement pipette because so many parents were outraged by the very phallic shape of this I gotta check the reviews on this. This object. A question. Is this the phallic kit? Not sure what you mean. It's a very age-appropriate Play-Doh set. My three-year-old daughter loves it. Nothing naughty about it. Okay. Can I just order the phallic extrusion piece? No. <laughs> no there's five people saying, no, 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 no. Shame on you. It was released, I guess, right, right around Christmas time. It's like, this is going to be our big Christmas present. Yeah. And um, people... People could not contain themselves. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. This is clearly the product of sick minds. <laughs> Why do the candles need to look like sperm? I didn't even notice that. Hold up. Do the candles look like sperm? Oh, I didn't notice that. I think that that's, I think that, that person is like wanted. <laughs> They're just looking for it They now. were looking for sperm. Uh, no, the candles look like candles. Uh, they kind of do like sperm. <laughs> um, so do you want to know how to make Play-Doh? Yeah. There are a bunch of different recipes out there. A lot of them contain borax. Some of them don't. I think it depends on how long you want your Play-Doh to last. Hey, the fuck's borax? Oh, I don't know. Okay. I've only known it in the context of making your own slime and yeah, such. Yeah. Borax must be I think be it's like, a cleaning product. I just don't know what you would clean Yeah, let's it. make sure we eat that. Remember, Rachel loves it. Rachel loves eating it. It's sodium borate or sodium tetraborate. Yeah, it's a component of many detergents. Yummy cosmetics Mm-mm-mm. and enamel glazes. Mm. My mouth is salivating just at the thought of eating the borax. <laughs> the recipe I found is probably not designed to last. I think that's the big difference is that a lot of these at-home recipes, uh, you know, aren't really built to be more than one session of these. Right. Um, but yeah, you can make Play-Doh with uh, flour, baking soda, water, cornstarch. Uh, you bring it to a boil and stir, and uh, it thickens, and you got your own little at-home dough. Hey, that's fun. And then mm-hmm. you put that in the oven. Oh? You got to extrude it mm-hmm. with with mommy's special helper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Play-Doh's the best. It's super fun. I always enjoy playing with it with our son. I do, he too. He enjoys it a lot. It's been around 
as I mentioned, since the 50s, still just as good. Still just as good. I, I did not. It's one of those things where every time I sit down and play with it, I forget how much I like like modeling stuff out of clay. Like Henry's also, like, make a tiger. And I'm like, oh, this is a fun challenge. <laughs> and by the time you're finished, he's already moved on to something yeah, else. Oh, yeah. He was watching. Uh, the other thing I read is if you get Play-Doh on the carpet, you just let it dry and then you can just remove it with a stiff brush. Interesting. Yeah. It's Thanks, just Play-Doh. Like, it's the best. It's nice. That's sweet. Hey, uh, can I steal you away? Yeah, please. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia <laughs> Styles episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain griffin yeah you know it's a shame what is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? <laughs> it's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. Hey, I have a personal message. This one's for Daniel, and it's from Megan, who says, Dear Daniel, happy anniversary. Not to put too fine a point on it, you are the only bee in my bonnet. Thank you for choosing to live your little robot life with me. I love you all the loves, even more than pizza, even rustico pizza. Love, Meg Meg. They're taking over. The robots. the robots. I told you, babe, this is the fir- the first thing that you're going to do is take away all the podcasting jobs. The second thing that they're going to do is that they're going they're going to take away all the jumbotron spots. Mm-hmm. So that flesh organisms then they're going to start making our music. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We're boned. <laughs> 
Um, do you want me to read the other personal Yeah, message? please do. This one's for uh, JP, and it's from Rakul, who says, uh, JP, thanks for getting me into the wonderful world of podcasts. I can't believe the impact they've had on my life, and it's all thanks to you. Happy birthday and Christmas, because these Jumbotrons are expansive. Um, not great advertising for the service that we <laughs> Uh yeah I, I I suppose they uh are are they expansive? Are they oh maybe they were trying to say expansive. <laughs> Is these jumbotron yeah. the opportunities that they provide are impossible to measure. Mm-hmm. So expansive mm-hmm. are they. We are so thrilled at your interest in attending Hieronymus Wigginstaff's School for Heroism and Villainy. Wigginstaff's beautiful campus boasts state-of-the-art facilities and instructors with real-world experience. We are also proud to say that our alumni have gone on to be professional heroes and villains in the most renowned kingdoms in the world. But of course, you are not applying to the main school, are you? You're applying for our sidekick and henchperson annex. You will still benefit from the school's amazing campus, and you'll have a lifetime of steady employment. Of course, there's no guarantee how long that lifetime will be. Join the McElroys as they return to Dungeons & Dragons with The Adventure Zone Graduation, every other Thursday on Maximum Fun, or wherever podcasts are found. Can I hear your next thing? My second thing, the gooch. Anamana Gucci. I should have said that first and then said yeah, the gooch because I'm people sure are going to be like, like that. are you talking about, is Griffin about to talk about the taint? <laughs> I don't think that I am ever going to wow. do that as a segment. That would be a segment. That would be a heck of a segment. No, I want to talk about Anamana Gucci. Uh, this is inspired by the fact that I did see them uh, in concert last weekend. Man, I'm a real concert goer these yeah, days, I guess. To you. I know. I went a good like year and a half without going to one. So I'm really breaking the breaking the streak. Um, but yes, they did, uh, uh, one of their tour stops as part of the USA Expo, which they're doing to promote their new tour, uh, their, their new album here in Austin. Uh, and during that, I did make an appearance at that expo where, where Peter and, and Luke, uh, who are, uh, in the band, they did pitch me their pitch for Austin Powers 4. Is that recorded? Can I listen to that anywhere? I do not know if it was recorded. Somebody in the audience may have been filming it on their phone. I don't think we were, we were mm-hmm. rolling, uh, rolling tape on that, as they say. Very good pitch. Very surprisingly thorough and well thought out. Uh, but it just made me realize, like, hey, I haven't talked about them. And I've been uh, I didn't realize, like, how long I have been, like, listening to them. And it's, like, over a decade at this point. Which, wow. uh, yeah, then time is a flat circle. They all seem like young fellows. That's incredible. They've been around. Uh, don't we all? Long. Don't we all? <laughs> uh, I think it's kind of easy to, like, pigeonhole them as a, a chiptune band, which is, like, a, a, you know, a very specific subgenre of music made with classic sort of game sounds, 8-bit game sounds mostly, uh, and sort of identifying that as a novelty thing. But I think that's, one, doing a discredit to that specific genre. But it's also, like, not suitable for Anamanaguchi anymore because what I really, really like about them is that they have, like, evolved over time, over the decade that I've been listening to them, into something kind of else. So the genre that, like, I see them most attributed to is bit pop which is like a, a a different subgenre that's not chiptunes because it's not like all the music is made with a you know a, an NES and like that's it. It's just like that is some of the elements of the music is is these like sort of classic game inspired sounds. How how is it made? Uh, well, I mean, it, it's it 
it can be made with like actual hardware. So Anamanaguchi, the first time I saw them here in Austin back when I came here for South by Southwest uh, in 2011, I think that was still during the era where they had like a an NES like plugged in with that had been like, oh. you know, hacked and modded all to all to shit so that it like ran sequencing software and uh, that is how they would. That is how wow. they would play with that. But like these days, you can also you know load up those specific sounds into a a a, a, a DAW like Logic or Ableton like I'm, I've I've been using and uh, you know just play them on a MIDI keyboard like I have set up in my office and and just do it like that. Um, so yeah, I mean there's there's lots of different ways to sort of accomplish that noise. But now that that noise is sort of like becoming a little bit more mainstream in that it's being used in other genres of music. Like you will hear that sort of like uh, lo-fi, eight-bit, crushed to hell, like synthesized drum sound in like tracks from Snoop Dogg. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there are bands that like really make it a central part of their thing without it being just like all chip tunes all the time. Uh, Kiari you know- Pomu. Uh, Kiari Pamu Pamu is a big one. Freeze Pop is a big one. Those are two that I at least have heard of. Have you heard? Have you heard the new Harry Connick Jr.? The new Harry Connick Jr. He's got that <laughs> bit pop sound that I am super super into. Um, so yeah, like when Anamanakuchi was starting out, it was uh, I was like writing about them for Joystick because of the novelty of uh, they play on stage with you know drums and guitar and a bass, and also one of their band members like a, is an NES, and so like their songs sounded like you know dope like classic NES tunes with a rock band playing over it. Uh, And so I want to play a song off one of their earliest albums. Uh, It's called uh, Jetpack Blues Sunset Hues. So like the sound was just super, uh, it was dope. Like I was super into it. I remember moving from uh, Huntington to Cincinnati, like listening to uh, this this album Don Metropolis, like nonstop. Uh, they also did the soundtrack for a video game. They did the soundtrack for the Scott Pilgrim video game, Aww. which was like revered as being like a fun as hell beat 'em up game that you now can no longer buy because of weird licensing issues it's just gone off the face i know it's so tragic i love it so much but they gained a lot of recognition for that uh and that was in 2012 i want to say uh and in 2013 they released an album called endless fantasy that we were actually covering at, at polygon uh when it when it launched i think we did like a video essay thing on it and it was this like 22 track behemoth and it had this aesthetic that was like super unique and very consistent, inspired by like, uh, again, like classic gaming, but also like sort of Japanese pop aesthetic, like that neon Japanese future pop sort of look and feel uh, that is in all the music videos. They have a music video for one of their songs, Meow, that you should go watch because it's like super Tim and Eric inspired and is absolutely hysterical. But like, what is so ambitious about this album is that like the sound had changed like really dramatically because now it wasn't like here's an old song from like an NES game that this band is playing drums and guitar and bass over like now it had fully incorporated those elements into a part of a bigger thing and had been like a genre of music that I had never really heard before uh and it got more. I I I don't want to like insult the original stuff that they were doing, but it sounded so much more sophisticated. Uh, so I'm gonna play some of Endless Fantasy. It's the title track, and uh, it's my favorite one on the album. 
I just really admire like any I think this probably comes through whenever I talk about something like this on this show like I really uh, adore this like enterprising spirit uh, that artists have sometimes of just like getting out there and trying a ton of new shit and collaborating with a bunch of like-minded people and just being sort of like voracious in how much like new stuff they attempt to do yeah. and Anamanaguchi does that not only with like different projects but also with like their entire sound like the entire DNA of what the music sounds like that it's they really make. it's really adventurous you know I feel like they're the majority of people when they think about starting a band or composing music they think in a very kind of traditional like guess I'll have to learn how to play the saxophone right away right and there is like a mastery of instruments that like happens here but there's also a sort of like let's rethink the way that we make this yeah that we incorporate these elements like speaking of this is like the quintessential like my favorite thing they've ever done in 2016 uh they staged a twitter dispute with a fictional game developer uh because they were uh they had apparently worked on the game soundtrack for this huge ambitious game called capsule silence 24 uh, that had gone belly up and so they led to this acrimonious relationship between them and so Anamanaguchi leaked the game's code and you could download it for free and play it and it was this unfinished weird broken piece of garbage game but then you could like slip into like this developer backroom space in the game and it was like this house that Anamanaguchi had coded for themselves inside the game where you could go to like their rooms but you could also listen to the soundtrack to the game and it was over 30 songs basically it was this whole weird ARG where they released an album like oh the gosh. album was in the game uh and it's Capsule Silence 24 and the music is fucking great and like that's how they released that wow. album like you couldn't get it anywhere else for like a long long time uh they did a big tour with hatsune miku and did a collaboration song with hatsune miku which is like their their biggest song it's like i don't know it's it's i just really love uh i i love that anamanaguchi is like so uh experimental with their sound you can hear it again in this new album that just came out usa is like uh a little bit kind of back to back to roots like that that chiptune sound is a lot more forward but the way that they like uh the way that they arrange around it is different in this one it's a really really great album i've been listening to it nonstop. uh i just really love uh i i, I really love how experimental and like you said adventurous yeah, they are with the yeah. music um so yeah that's that's the also they wrote pop i'm gonna play pop it too they never <laughs> released it on an album it's just like a single uh, of this song called pop oh. it and it's like my fucking favorite it ended up on like a uh target commercial and a burger king commercial which was very wild for me saying uh burger king with anamanaguchi over it but anyway uh i'll play pop it and leave it at that What's your second thing? Okay, my second thing is kind of hard to describe. Ah, these are my favorite. I wanted to kind of do it in terms that I thought you would understand. Oh, good. So I'm going to use language that I think you would use. This is insulting already. I'm calling it the stink of your lover. This is going to be challenging. <laughs> I want you to know. Uh huh. I want you to really listen to the sentence you said out loud and then think uh -huh. about if you want to commit that to tape for a bunch of strangers to hear. I do. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. I've thought about the consequences and I'm ready. <laughs> what I'm basically talking about is, is, you know, how like when you fall in love with somebody. Yes. And you get used to their smell. Right. And then you kind of, it becomes one of your favorite smells. Okay. 
Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. When you said the stink of your lover, that sort of uh, brings to mind like a sort of post-coital. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And I'm sure there's lots of our listeners who went there too. The scent of your lover is maybe, you know, stink your lover's Yeah, better. I mean, here's the thing. Sometimes um, it stinks. <laughs> that's what you're saying. I'm a stinky boy. I'm a stinky, well, and stinky a lot pig. of it is kind of sweat based interesting okay i'm assuming there's a lot of science behind this that you're going to tell me about. so what i'm really going to talk about is pheromones okay um but it's not like i love pheromones like the concept of pheromones and i don't love just anybody's pheromones just mine just my special pheromones that i make griffin mcelroy branded pheromones Pheromones. yeah Mm -hmm. i've been bottling them you can get them at the uh, dollar stores across the country (laughs) um so pheromones um, it's interesting, actually. So the word pheromone is a portmanteau of pharaoh, which means carry, and hormone, which means stimulating. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is a secreted or excreted chemical that triggers a social response in members of the same species. Interesting. So uh, dog pheromones do nothing for me, is what you're saying. They can't. It's got to I mean, be the not, same species. Not on like a deep deep level right okay uh so this is something that does exist like as you as you just highlighted across species yeah Uh, ants moths bees and butterflies release sex pheromones to attract a mate many moths and butterflies can detect a potential mate from as far away as six miles good lord right that stink there's a moth up in round rock like "Mm, what's that fucking Mm. gotta get down to austin there's a sexy moth down there (laughs) Um, the, it also works in a, in a kind of a different way. Mice through scent can distinguish close relatives from more distantly related individuals. Well, okay. So they can use a stink to kind of be like, oh, I shouldn't, I'm, that's my that's second my st- cousin. Yeah, I shouldn't, I shouldn't get in there. It's my stinky nephew. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is kind of a difficult thing to study because in order to really get at it you need a kind of a base state of like cleanliness and odorlessness which is kind of difficult with humans to control oh yeah we smell bad i don't know what to say you have to like just get the stink and not like a oh did you have ketchup earlier right to really i love the smell of ketchup Mm -hmm. i'm so horny right now (laughs) but there have been a lot of studies recently on it um there are classes of pheromones um, there's the kind that kind of come from sweat. There's the kind that come from your um, from your downstairs. My what? Like my pee? <laughs> my pee pheromones, babe? Um, what do you? No, you can't just say something <laughs> like that and move on. You can't say there's pheromones that come out of my wiener. There's um, when you go through puberty, right? As a person with a vagina, right? There is a smell. Sometimes. Oh, I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, Androstenol. Androstenol. Uh, in a 1978 study, people wearing surgical masks treated with androstenol or untreated were shown pictures of people, animals, and buildings and asked to rate on attractiveness. Individuals with their masks treated with androstenol rated their photographs as being warmer and more friendly. That's a wild experiment. Mm-hmm. That's a wild experiment. Mm-hmm. First of all, there's got to be somebody who puts on that mask like, yo, what the fuck is this smell? Why do you want me to look at pictures of buildings with this with this mask? <laughs> this mask has a scent to it, gang. Are you sure? I suddenly find this building very attractive, and this has never happened before, and that's really weird for me. This stinky mask makes you want to fuck this building. 
there's a lot going on here. But the one thing that I found that I think is true is it says that this hormone can make people feel more relaxed. Huh. So a lot of times when I go in for a deep hug with Griffin, I find myself becoming more relaxed. And right. Maybe some of that is that stink. It's my, it's my, it's my stink. Mm-hmm. It's getting a little insult. I am starting to feel very sensitive talking about my stink. We've made it a good like eight minutes in this before <laughs> I got kind of uncomfortable about airing, literally airing my dirty laundry like this. Uh, there was also a study at University of Chicago that talks about, have you heard about um, how people that get periods that live together will kind of sync up on their cycles? I always thought that that was like an insulting dude bro, like bullshit, not real thing. There's speculation that it has to do with pheromones. Huh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, which I thought was kind of interesting. They did a study where they, um, where people who get periods kind of got a whiff of the perspiration from other people and it influenced their cycle yeah that's why i really don't like thinking i really like thinking all my actions are because of my own sort of (laughs) ego decision making abilities and not because i smelled the smell and my body was like party time dude do you know what i mean (laughs) yeah uh so there have been a lot of efforts to kind of package pheromones and sell them okay this idea that you could cover yourself in some attractive person's stink and then suddenly become oh more my God. interesting to Wait, is people. that not just what perfume and I guess that's a different well, thing. Well, that's kind of, you know, that could be like floral. And, right, you sure. Know, You're talking about a, a, a scent-free stink that's covered in my yeah. particles. There was a commercial pheromone called Athena that was tested and 74% of people who use this pheromone were devoured by ants <laughs> in this study experienced an increase in hugging kissing and intercourse come on <laughs> how is it how's the study going tell me about your results well i've had a <laughs> don't want to brag but a 74 percent increase in intercourse <laughs> what's that mean i've doubled my smooching doubled my smooching tripled my my hugging only a 74 percent increase in intercourse but hey gang that ain't nothing <laughs> Uh, I, I wanted How to... many were devoured by horny ants, though? How many were they sprayed oh. this stuff on themselves and then they went outside and were instantly turned into bones by horny ants? I mean, that's tough ants. to say because some people wanted to be devoured by horny ants. Dang it, you're right. <laughs> uh, this is interesting. It's also the kind of thing that I always think is like fake because uh, it's so like love potion number nine fantasy well, bullshit. Well, it's hard to tell what comes first, right? Like when you come to like someone... Mm. then you potentially their smell is something that happens after you already like them interesting it's hard to believe that maybe the smell is what started it all but who are we to disagree with these horny scientists (laughs) uh you know what our friends at home are excited about uh billy says hello my wonderful thing is the 40th anniversary happy meal toy assortment at mcdonald's from november 7th to 11th you can get happy meals with some of the best the best toys they've ever had this includes for example the burger transformer lad a space jam toy the original red power ranger a tamagotchi and the cream of the crop the purple platypus beanie baby holy shit wow this is they are firing on all cylinders with That's these. That's kind of it's brilliant. Wild after we talked about them, uh, that this that this is happening so soon after. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? I've started to see. I mean, since we are of an age now where a lot of our peers, including us, have children. Right. I've seen a lot of kind of retro marketing. This is that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that this is that. Like fully, fully, mm-hmm. fully. I may try and get that burger transformer. 
I loved him. Uh, Rachel says, oh, sorry, another Rachel says, it's the season for leaf shadows. I think it's wonderful when fallen leaves collect on the sidewalk and then blow away, leaving marks behind that look like shadows. It's like temporary wallpaper for the ground. Oh, my gosh, that's beautiful. That is very evocative. Uh, I love that a lot. Uh, Our leaves haven't fallen a lot, but we are getting a lot of, what are they, like little buckeyes? Like little, what are those little guys? There's like a thousand of them on on the... the the porch right there. Uh, I don't know what those are. Acorns? Are they acorns? They don't look like, you know, the proper Buckeye acorns. But I guess, yes, they are acorns. And they are falling, I would say, about two a minute. And every one of them, oh, like, lands on plink, the plink. roof or lands on the... And I it, every time... I'll have that and the washer running while I'm home alone. And I'll be like, every 30 seconds, like, oh, someone's breaking in. Nope. Just an acorn <laughs> and the washer going at the same time. Uh, that's it. Hey, thanks to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. Find a link to that in the episode description. And thanks to Maximum Fun for having us on the show. On the Thank network. you to Maximum Fun uh, for having us on the network. You know, a show that we haven't mentioned What's is that? the Jackie and Lori show. Yeah, the Jackie and Lori show. It's two comedians just talking to each other and being funny. Go check that out. A nice, nice back catalog for you to dive into if you've never listened before. Um, we have oh a shirt we, we have a shirt, a shirt. Yeah. well we didn't make it our our, uh, <laughs> our artist uh, uh, Sarah McKay made it and uh, DFTBA is selling it and but anyway it's at MacRoy.Family. it's real cute it's a raglan tee we also are going to be performing at Candle Nights this year that's right uh, what's what's uh, tickets for that go on sale I believe on Friday, on right? Friday. yes yeah. on the eighth. Uh, I, I am going to mess up the details of that, but if you go to McElroy.family, I'm sure you can find all the information as well as links to where you can get that new t-shirt. It's in Huntington, West Virginia. Well, right. I knew that. Yeah. It's going to be at the Keith Alby, uh, and it's going to be general admission this year, which we haven't done before, but it's a much, much bigger venue than we've ever done before. But that candle night show like historically sells out within minutes. So like, hopefully that'll be abated by the fact that we're doing a much bigger venue, but do not sleep if you, if you want to come to Huntington and see us. Gonna do Mabim Bam and Wonderful and a couple of the other uh, uh, McRoy McRoy family programs, but yeah, it'll be a good time, good holiday time. Who's it? Who's, who's this? this character? Who's it? Anyway, I'm Ma- I'm Matthew McConaughey. I just, hey, I'm Matthew McConaughey, and I just let me get in my Lincoln and say an end of the. Sh- hey, everybody, it's me, Matthew McConaughey. Okay, so, okay, okay. Okay, have a good night. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'm Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.